We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Welcome to Indianapolis, live from the NFL Scouting Combine. This is a KCSN Draft Show. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Tucker Franklin. We appreciate you for hanging out with us. We didn't promote that we were going to do a show or even talk about starting it right away. Uh, But we had a chance. uh, Andy Reid, Brett Veach spoke with the media uh, here in Indy not too long ago, and we've got some uh, 10 different clips uh, from both Brett uh, Veach and Andy Reid regarding what they told the media. Tucker, not a lot of... Uh, juicy nuggets from no. the media availability today, but uh, we'll go through what they did say before we get into that. How was your first combine experience been so far? It's been good. Um, getting here in, in Indy, there's lots to do, a lot, lot of people to see, a lot of hands to shake. A lot of uh, we did get to see obviously Brett Beach, Coach Reed take to the podium. That was a, that was a cool experience to get to see all those uh, and, and to connect with some people and kind of get some big things, uh, some things in the works that, that we can, uh, that we can tease. We can officially tease of some things in the works, you know? Yeah. What do you have in mind? Well, just some of the shows that we'll be doing this week. Oh yeah. Well, we'll have plenty of content coming from the combine lot, running into a lot of familiar faces. Uh, people that are going to, will people are going to sit down with us, talk a little bit about uh, chiefs. It's always a weird time of the year uh, yeah, right is. now because people are still kind of reflecting on what just happened. They're talking free agency. Obviously it's the scouting combine. So everybody's in town to talk with these players, talk about the draft uh, and the prospects coming out. But it's so early in the process that, you know, most fans haven't really gotten really in. I mean, there's a huge chunk of diehard chiefs fans, the ones buying the draft guide and the ones that uh, the best draft guide that you can find. Uh, make sure you check out the description of this show. You can find out all that information and um, Kent, Maddie, Craig, uh, Zach, I got a bunch of guys working on it this year. They do a Tom. phenomenal job with it, but um, still kind of early for draft talk to get really into the weeds with it. So combine's always a strange time, uh, as evidenced Tucker by a lot of the questions that were asked of uh, <laughs> both Brett and Coach, kind of all over the place, all over the map with the kinds of questions. I mean, I think the first one was about uh, what Andy Reid has been doing since the Super Bowl, mm. and uh, kind of a question that was asked, and then in that uh, 
as you mentioned, BJ, not a whole lot was said uh, because, at, at, again, at the time, as you mentioned, it's a it's a weird period. This is a transition period for not only fans but for for teams, and this is kind of the the start of the beginning. Um, as we start to look ahead towards the beginning of the league, New Year starts on the 15th of March. Uh, we're in the final day of February right now, so that's going to be quickly um, approaching. So it's kind of the, I, I think, the unofficial start to the new season. Yeah, and you know, it's for like the Eagles and Chiefs, obviously you have the two weeks before the Super Bowl and then you've got the Super Bowl. It's only been a couple of weeks. A lot of teams have been done for six weeks, so they've got a whole plan. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you don't know how much, the coaching staff uh, in particular, you know, the scouts, they've gone through their, you know, their meetings. They they do it during the season. They get in their final reports. They know the players they like. They know this, not setting a board yet, but they got an idea. They know who from medicals interviews, they know who they want to talk to here and kind of have a game plan for that. But it's always interesting to ask those guys, you know, what does that process look like in getting the coaches and the assistant coaches yeah. up to speed on the players that, you know, the scouts and the people that are here, you know, kind of, sitting up in the in the suite where the you know they show them on nfl network if you watch the combine yeah. you see all the chiefs you know coaches and G, uh, scouts sitting up there a lot of that time is just the scouts the scouts sitting with the coaches kind of explaining like who these guys are and yeah. what they're about as players and yeah. it's always that that interesting time where especially again with chiefs playing in the super bowl you know they haven't had a lot of time. coaches haven't had but like two weeks oh right four days of that was getting ready for a parade just kind of celebrating kind of throttling down a little bit so i don't know how much the coaches have spent uh, a lot of extra time. Sure, position groups have watched a few guys mm -hmm. in their positions. Um, but, yeah, this is an interesting time, and I don't want to give away what Coach said in my question uh, regarding this time of the year and getting the coaches up to speed. But, uh, but yeah. We'll get to that. And there was a lot of things, you know, that, that the touched on really from free agency to – uh, I think even draft process was touched on a little bit to what are they going to do contract wise with some other guys, both Brett and coach were uh, asked, asked about some of those questions. So um, things you have, you got to ask about, but as you mentioned, it's a real tight turnaround when you're in the Super Bowl to the combine. I mean, in the, I was, we were talking about this, you know, off air that it's kind of a tight turnaround from those college all-star games, those uh, yeah. East West Shrine Bowl to the combine. Um, and it feels a whole lot longer or it feels a whole lot shorter. I should say, if you're playing in the Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden, oh, you got to go to Indy in a couple weeks. So, um, good position to be in if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. But uh, definitely, the NFL doesn't stop, and it's being felt today. All right, let's set this up again. Again, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. If you're watching this live or if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, we appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network and what we're doing. Again, Tucker and I will be here all week uh, at the Combine interviewing players, interviewing national media, uh, and some other special guests. We'll see what we get while we're here, but we do appreciate um, everybody for hanging out. So we've got 10 clips. Uh, there's four from Brett Veach and six uh, from Andy Reid. Sorry, my phone's blowing up right now. Uh, six from Andy Reid. Just little clips, questions, uh, the most newsworthy things, in our opinion, that were said during what was total between the two of them, 24 minutes of media. Um, half of the questions, not anything too surprising as far as what they're going to be said. They weren't really getting into the weeds with stuff. Uh, but the first one here was, a, I believe, a question from Herbie Teopi with the Kansas City Star. It asked Brett Veach uh, specifically about Orlando Brown Jr. and the impending what could be the franchise tag, contract extension, letting him walk, uh, that whole decision. Here's what Brett Veach had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's an option. That, you know, we went through this um, path last year. And as always, Herbie, you, you know, it's more beneficial for us to, to get something done long term. And you know, that's why this, this season is so important for us. And, and really, this is the start. I mean, we'll have a lot of dialogue 
you know, as you know, I mean, the Combine's great to come in here and check out the new college uh, talent, but a lot of the time here we're spent talking with the agents of our players. So start exchanging information. Now, uh, unlike last year, I think we have at least a, a runway to work with, and, you know, we, we've gotten to know his team a little bit better. So, you know, we're excited to get that process started here, and hopefully we can get something figured out. Doug, would you say that Orlando Brown Jr. at this point is the top storyline for the Chiefs this offseason? His player bet on himself. Really up and down year. A um, lot to be said, and I think part of the context of the conversation with Orlando Brown Jr. should be described or it should be brought up that he was playing early in the season banged up. Yeah. That he sure. was playing through some stuff, and he did play his best football at the end of the year when they needed him to uh, in the playoffs. That being said, what is this? season look like for a contract you heard Brett Veach say it right there that you know they prefer prefer to get something done long term not right. necessarily have to use the franchise tag but really interesting considering the numbers from last year that were put out there as far as what he was offered and what he turned down and now what would be put out there and is it going to be more is it going to be less what does that do how does that look um, all questions that we will be talking about over the next few months. And we talked a lot about when he did turn down that offer that the Chiefs kind of dodged a bullet. But as, as you mentioned, like looking at the Spot Tracks 2023 NFL free agents, he's like number three in terms of uh, for pending free agents right now. And I think kind of the situation that as Chiefs fans you find yourself in is, okay, if it's not Orlando Brown, then who? Right. Um, if you have a guy in the building already um, that can play left tackle at a, at a, at a pretty good level, uh, I mean – the last taste that we got of Orlando Brown Jr. was a pretty good taste. Went in the Super Bowl, the zero sacks a lot against a very dominant group. It's gonna. I think that that might stick with people a little bit longer than what he what happened kind of in the earlier season. BJ and even as you mentioned him playing through some injuries, um, that was uh, that was interesting. But Spotrac does have his market value at around, I believe, uh, six at twenty two point four. Calculated market value. Uh, they have an, an estimated contract of about five years, one hundred and twelve million. S similar contracts in the same light as uh, David Bakhtiari, Laramie Tunsil, um, Cam Robinson, Colton Miller. Uh, kind of the same ballpark is what Spottrek has uh, their idea on for that contract. But they can also franchise tag him again. That is another option. Yep. Um, and I know that that that's been brought up and, and kind of talked about. And I believe that that franchise tag is is about nineteen million dollars. So. Um, close to what he is. I know it went up from what last year was just because of how the salaries are, but um, a very interesting situation. I do think that's kind of the top storyline for what the Chiefs do this year is going to be how they handle Orlando Brown and how they handle his uh, his, his situation. Yeah, they've got to get it set just because you know that's a huge piece, and, and Brett kind of talked about this. I think I'm not positive that the answer is in, you know, the clips that we're going to show here, but um, him saying that, you know, with Patrick Mahomes' contract, you got to get the big one figured out first. Uh, and then be able to work around it. Same thing with Orlando Brown Jr. If you know that that is going to be like obviously a big payday at some point if they did a long-term extension, whatever that does from a cap standpoint, I think we've learned now that you can maneuver the cap pretty easily. Yeah. It's, it's cash uh, paid that's going to be the thing, and that goes along with Chris Jones as well. And what kind of contract extension would he be looking for as being arguably what – going to rival the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. I mean, he's Rightfully becoming – so, yeah. Yeah, he's – he has that kind of leverage to ask for that kind of money. And those two huge deals that, you know, Chris Shea, Brant Tillis, those guys work behind the scenes that, that deal with the salary cap or deal with the negotiations uh, to get the money right and to get the, the cap figured out. It's going to be a big storyline. And they, whatever moves they're going to make, even the smaller ones have to fit within the framework of these big moves that they have to make to figure out what they're going to do from the salary cap, which did go up, I believe, to 224. 
That sounds right. I think it's 224 million yeah. on the cap that's gone up this year, um, which will continue to go up with the new TV deals and everything else the NFL has going. But let's go to the next one here. Uh, Brett Veach talking about best player available and kind of draft strategy. Yeah, I mean, we always try to stick to to best available. It's probably a cookie cutter line all GMs use, and um, it does become difficult sometimes when you have um, certain position groups that are you know really deep because you, you know you do think you know maybe he's a little higher in value but there's depth in that position so maybe you can get something similar so it's just working working the board and really trusting your guys at the end of the day um you know handicapping teams and their needs is a big part of that and that's where our pro department comes into play in this college process just kind of projecting what other teams will do um but i mean yeah you always try to stick to just the best player because it is a game of attrition so you can sit there and think that you're deep at a a position I remember a few years ago we thought we were really deep at defensive line and within the first three or four weeks we lost three of them um, so you always want to make sure you take the best player that he said there that I think is really interesting um, that I don't think you know us that love mock drafts and the way that we talked about roster composition from a very you know outsider perspective and understanding is he don't give enough credence to how many people within the Chiefs organization he just talked about his staff right there that are doing scouting the other teams around the league and how many positions, yeah. like how deep are they in certain positions and almost trying to like prognosticate what other teams are going to do. Not just we like so-and-so players in the draft. This is what a mock draft projects that they're going to get drafted. Yeah. NFL teams, they can look at the mock drafts, but they have to figure out, okay, Washington's, you know, picking ahead of us. You know, what is their roster? Where are they going to have to pick? Okay. Who do we have ranked high there in mm -hmm. those positions? We kind of expect there to be a run on such and such at this time and kind of throughout the draft, just kind of updating and having those conversations, not just being an expert on your team and your depth, but across the entire league to try and figure out what they might do to then how it affects who could be available for you. And it's interesting too, because just before uh, Andy Reid went on, Nick Casario took the podium for the Houston Texans. We were there listening to that. And he was kind of asked a similar question of like, you know, you need a quarterback. The team ahead of you has openly said that they were willing to trade the first round pick and for teams that need quarterbacks. Are you thinking about that at all? And they're thinking, well, I'm focusing on the Houston Texans is what, what Nick Casario said. And you can do that to a sim, but I think Brett Beach admitting saying like, hey, you got to kind of look at what else is going on is, is, is something that, you know, I think we saw that last year, right? With the, with the whole uh, trade up for uh, Trent McDuffie, the Buffalo Bills and their videos that they put out, they clearly <laughs> wanted Trent McDuffie in that, in that uh, whole ordeal. Yeah. So seeing them trade up and get a guy that they, you know, what that no, was. They wanted Kyrie the Elam. They've come out and said it, Tucker. Yeah. Sorry. They did not, sorry. They did not want Trent McDuffie. Uh, but allegedly, <laughs> allegedly they did. They didn't. But no, I, I do think if you if you look at that, it, it was clear that they knew that the guy they wanted, they wanted to go get him and they knew he was the best player available at a position. They really needed a guy to get to be available. So um, good on Brett Veach, good on his staff to uh, kind of get into this process here. Yeah, I got a comment here from Justin. Um, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce your last name out of respect. <laughs> Uh, for you, but Veach had a quote to start the presser about it getting harder to pay guys because they keep winning and also drafting at the end of the draft leads me to believe they will trade up. Chiefs have a ton of picks in this draft, do. don't have a lot of roster holes. They can't add, I mean, how many picks they have? I want to say nine. Okay. Uh, let they, me double check that. They don't though. have nine spots on their roster No, of drafting young players that would even have a chance to make it. So almost some trading up makes sense and they we thought this could be kind of the case last year and they just went and used a lot of those picks and nailed <laughs> right, all of them yeah. um, but even if they went out and nailed this draft there's only so many roster spots for guys to make a team so i'd be surprised if they had nine picks if they ended up with nine players at the end of this thing 
uh, you can have use those resources and that ammo to move up, move around, maybe trade for future picks to stock, stockpile for next year. Uh, but they're in a great spot. And oh, Christian Gumminger saying 12. I thought nine sounded low. 12 picks wow. in this draft. Shout out to Christian for helping out there. But yeah, there's zero chance uh, that they walk away from that draft with 12 players uh, they'd expect to make this team. So they can move up, move around, use those resources to find their guys. And this is a huge part of it, what they do this week. Absolutely. And just uh, a lot of stuff that goes on this week. Um, lot of, lots of different things that go on in this week. And, and getting that draft process is, is, is just a part of it. I'm excited to see some of these guys here in Indianapolis. And I think Brett talks about that on our next clip here. Yeah. Um, he talks a little bit about what so much of the conversation regarding India is, you know, the 40 times and stuff you see in NFL yeah. network, but so much of it for the NFL coaches and GMs, the fact that everyone is here, the mm-hmm. agents are here, the general managers are here, the scouts are here, the coaches are here. You can fast track a lot of things and a lot of conversations, whether it's trade compensa- compensation, there's rumors out there about the chiefs uh, potentially trading for a wide receiver, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, no idea if that's going to happen, but the fact that all of the players, <laughs> players and the people are involved in those kinds of decisions are in one place at one time. Those trades are happening between 11 o'clock at night, (laughs) one (laughs) o'clock in the morning. It's some random bar. You walk by, you don't think anything's going on, not realizing, you know, what could be being discussed. Uh, And that's one of the cool things about walking around here is you see such a high concentration of decision makers, uh, influencers, national media people. You see Ian Rapport running around on the phone the whole time and Tom Pelissero. You just know they're getting so much information right now. They're getting ready to report or tweet out. Uh, It's the beauty of the combine is so much of it is more than just what we're actually here for, which is the whole point of the combine was medicals (laughs) for (laughs) the prospects coming out and logistically being able to kind of go through them, get the interviews with the teams. And it's become so much more than that. Cause again, everybody's here at the same time. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas city. KC sports network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. 
Inform, KC Sports Network. Uh, Tucker, let's throw to the yep. third of four quotes from Brett Veach. This about him talking about the offseason plan and then just the communication between the scouting staff and the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's extremely difficult. Um, I think you just got to be buttoned up on your fragency plan. I don't think you can go in there and have, um, you know, a set of A, B, C, D. I mean, you have to just, you know, have a plan, stick to it, and knock it out of the park. And if the plan doesn't work, you got to move on quickly. Um, and I just think the level of communication that we have with our coaching staff, because, I mean, you do obviously have to hit on the draft. And, um, you know, when you have a the rapport that we have with my staff and our coaching staff, I think it just, it helps in that process because, you know, the scheme and the vision and the fit, I mean, we're all on the same page. And I, and I just think the fact that Coach and I have worked together for so long and, and even Coach Spaggs and I have been together for a long time now, I think that continuity is something that has really helped us transition to that second part of Pat's contract where it is difficult. But I think you guys saw last year that, you know, all the rookies that we, we drafted, I mean, were major contributors. So I think it's um, very difficult to do, but I think the continuity plays a huge role in our success. He didn't drop the mic right there. He talked about, yeah, rookie class last year. They were pretty, pretty good, pretty good uh, for Super Bowl championship team to have yeah. what the fourth most snaps played by rookies. Yeah, sounds right. It plays tracks in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty impressive uh, for Brad Veach and company right there. But yeah, the the communication between it, it almost sounds like a cliche at this point because we talk about it so much, but you don't realize how important it is till you either don't have it or you're around other teams like we are. I mean, we're surrounded by yeah. other national media pro football folks right next to us. The athletic you got Broncos, you got uh, Washington, you've got the Jaguars up over here and then all the team um, reporters, you know, all of those people, the coaches, the GMs, you see them all walking around here. They're being interviewed over there and you know, not every team has the, the, leadership structure that the chiefs right. have and for andy reed and brett veach to have the history that they do the communication that they do everybody understands kind of their role and they let everybody speak freely and speak their mind and uh you know they talk about it quite a bit and we kind of gloss over it because it's not a juicy quote it's not something you really yeah. dig into but you know anybody that's been a part of anything or worked with other people um having that open communication and everyone feeling like they're heard and having a role that's valuable and valued uh leads to the kind of success and the kind of structure that we see with the chiefs. And now it's leading to all kinds of success. A lot of it drafting Patrick Mahomes helps, yeah. um, but the rest of it matters for having drafts like the chiefs did last year. There's, I think Brett Veach also brought up a good point of the continuity as well. The communication has been good, but there's been some continuity between, you know, uh, coach Reed and, and Steve Spagnolo and, and what they need and what they want. And knowing that and having that relationship, having that, uh, rapport already with those coaches, I think, is huge because you see some, you know, again, to go back to the, to Nick Casario's conversation that he had at the podium before. They're trying to work in a new head coach. Uh, their head coach isn't here right now because he's still trying to get together a staff. He's still trying to get all that stuff together. So the Chiefs already having all that in place, already having that good structure, again, just uh, just sets them apart. And obviously, coming off of a Super Bowl uh, makes that makes it pretty pretty easy to uh, communicate what you need and. It, makes you look at the uh, look at the roster and, and kind of get these coaches up to speed here uh, during this combine when they can see them you know the they call it the underwear olympics here in indianapolis <laughs> is, is, so we could see all those guys in their in their raw form all right let's go to the next one from brett veach the final of the the four clips from brett uh and his media availability today uh talking about the the 
the question it was kind of a strange question. It was specifically about the wide receivers, and it was some mm-hmm. kind of like revisionist history about you know you took McCall Hardman over DK Metcalf. You know what about that move? Uh, and then it was kind of a strange question, and I thought it was really interesting the way that he took it, and wasn't the context of the question, but it's a good nugget <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here's Brett Veach on the wide receivers. I don't think that um, you know the the physical attributes in regards to you know I mean, we're looking for good football players, and we're also looking for you know. Uh, a room fit, a cultural fit, how they, you know, how they fit with our with our coaching staff. I mean, there's so many things that we take in consideration. Um, you know, every year when you have these drafts and and you see what it be a mock draft or or guys listen on the board. I mean, I think people tend to forget that you know there's a lot of dialogue. It's not like well, Chiefs like smaller receivers. No, I mean we like good football players, but um, do they pass the medical? Do they pass? You know, the interviews with our coaches, with our offensive coordinator, with our receiver coach, with our head coach. Is the chemistry there? Do they feel like they'll be a good blend in our locker room with our current receiving group? So there's a lot of things that factor into it. And, you know, I think in both those cases, you know, I think we felt like the fit from the health, um, medical grades to the, you know, how they interviewed with us and, you know, how we thought they'd come in and catch on quickly and how we can move them around, things like that. I think we take all that in consideration and sometimes there are factors and I'm not saying anything to do with those two guys, but just as a whole, I think there's a lot of underlying information that we have to just be accountable for and sometimes they, they, they move you in a different direction and you continue to just move on and, and learn from each experience. So he was asked about DK Metcalf being available and they took McCall Hardman and he was asked about George Pickens last year and they took Sky Moore. Yep. So his mm-hmm. response was basically medicals, uh, how they fit within our, you know, within the locker room and the dynamic mm-hmm. of that wide receiver room. And there's a lot that goes into all of those things. And I'm sure anybody that's, you know, hired anybody for any position or has uh, selected a team for anything at any level can kind of understand that certain personalities, you don't want to worry about mixing them together because it wouldn't be the best for everybody. And so, so much more that goes into it than, sitting after a season, looking at final stat lines and like, this guy had more yards than this guy. So he was a better pick and they should have made this move. Um, Chiefs have a good track record of, of handling those kinds of things correctly. I think a little bit too goes nature versus nurture, right? Because maybe George Pickens did have a really good year, but it would have been a little bit better of a situation in Pittsburgh than maybe it could have been in Kansas City, right? Because as we all know, Chiefs don't like to speed along rookie wide receivers. Um, So maybe George Pickens doesn't have quite the year. Maybe maybe if they do take George Pickens, if we're playing revisionist history as we are in this question, maybe if they do take George Pickens, Chiefs fans get a little bit unsettled with him. Maybe they're a little (laughs) bit upset that he's not doing as much as he's doing. So... It is it is easy to look at the the draft boards a couple of years after you know they they get done and say oh you should have took this guy here this guy there but it's, again nature versus nurture what I go back to is you got to be in the right situation as well as when uh, having the talent uh, to develop it well and these guys every wide receiver that's ever been drafted by the Chiefs you talk to him like during rookie minicamp or you hear you watch the pressers and you see him at rookie minicamp then you see him at training camp their head is spinning yeah. they put yeah. so much on these guys that we talked about it before. A lot of the Chiefs are not you know, that some blanket statement, but you know, they have so many option routes with what they do, where whatever route they're running is based on, you know, the leverage of the safeties and the linebackers and the the looks of the off coverage or the outside or the inside is where's leverage go to a certain spot. And it all fits within the scope of everyone seeing the same thing when they go to line up and when they go out into their routes. And if one person 
doesn't fully understand if they're hesitant or if they do the wrong thing, it could pull a defender into an area that they're not expected to be, which then throws the whole thing off, which is why everyone has to be on the same page when they go out there. That's a really hard thing and really different from what most guys, especially young guys, young wide receivers used to college. They're the guy go. This is your, this is the play call. This is your route. Um, Whereas there's a lot more thinking involved, especially when you're looking at Andy Reid's office, not to pretend that, you know, there aren't other offenses that have option routes and things like this, but those receivers and those young guys for years have said, it is really hard to figure this out. And Chris Conley, I never forget him telling me that it was going to take him two or three years to figure it out. And Chris Conley was brilliant. Yeah. Like mentally, yeah. he was a brilliant, um, very educated, like very should pick up these kinds of things quicker. Uh, and it took him a while to figure it out and be able to then go play fast. And so, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to, go back and look and you know this rookie had a great year chiefs had a chance to draft him they didn't so obviously that was the wrong move right Uh, but i thought it was a really good answer to that and kind of gave us a little bit more of a peek of how many different variables come in when they're making these moves 100 percent. and there's a lot that we will never know about these guys and i think it's it's important to say that brett Feach wasn't talking about those two cases specifically when talking about some like medical things, not meshing with the team. Uh, he made that clear that he wasn't talking about that with, uh, with those two cases specifically. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that we probably will never know about these guys too. So um, yeah, it's a tough job. Yeah. And some guys just don't interview. Well, you might right. watch them on tape and think it's really great. He comes in and doesn't answer questions. Well, or mm-hmm. doesn't understand the board. Um, you try to ask him a few questions that would help get a better idea of, how they would fit within your offense, you know, ask, put them on a board, have coach Reed ask right, him a few questions. Yeah. I, a few years ago had, you know, um, it was actually John Dorsey. It was before Brad got there. John Dorsey said that, you know, Andy Reed is so good when they get these prospects. It was at the combine when I asked John this, he said, Andy Reed is so good when you get him on the board or when he gets players on the board that he could, you know, ask two or three questions and it's all setting up for like that third or fourth question that is going to tell him whether the player knows mm. what's going on or if they're just repeating what they've kind of studied. Yeah. And it's like, I know this, this, and this, the way that Andy can kind of set those questions up is he very easily can tell, does this guy know football? Does he understand what he's saying? Or is he just re- regurgitating right. words um, that he's been taught or that he crammed going into the combine or the top 30 visits or all the times that they may have an opportunity to get these guys on a board. Um, speaking of coach, Reed. Mm. Let's start the Coach Reed segment. We've got six Let's clips here from Coach Reed. Again, these are from uh, the media availability here Tuesday. It was earlier today at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And uh, the first one, we're going to have uh, Andy Reed talking about old friend Frank Clark. I actually talked to him uh, uh, at the parade. So that's where I ended up talking to him. Um, he had to do some stuff for the actual exit physical but i had a good good talk with him i love frank clark um it's just you know veach has got to juggle all these different different things going on and uh, but um you know frank is uh he's top notch top notch guy i love him love him to death Basically, the answer that we got from Andy Reid when asked about Frank Clark and potentially coming back yeah. and just the exit interview, the question was asked in context of his exit interview, what's it going to take to bring him back and all of that, and he just reiterated twice that he loves him, and it's up to Brett Veach, and there's a lot of things that go into it. So it's a lot of the answers that you're going to get <laughs> at the scouting combine. There's a lot, uh, a, lot a lot of that that we got there. But uh, looking at Frank Clark's contract uh, here, 
uh, potential out obviously this year 7.6 in dead cap if he is cut i believe that's a post june one cut as well but his cap hit is slated to be 28.6 million dollars on the books this year i believe it is the second highest cap hit behind patrick mahomes for the Kansas city chiefs um so that is something that the Obviously, Breach and company have been looking into, and obviously when they restructured Frank Clark's deal last year, that they knew that they were going to have to to kind of face us again this year. So uh, we'll see uh, what they come up with. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how they attack this position. They did add George Karloftis. They added Carlos Dunlap, who is a free agent again this year. So how this room looks moving forward, uh, could it could look a little different this season than it, than it has in seasons past with, uh, with uh, some of the guys that they have potentially departing yeah sorry getting blown up here text messages talking about our our wide receiver room they're mm. cooling on the deandre hopkins talk interesting I'll put, that, I'll put that out there now that heated up and cool it's cool down bit. so we'll see a lot can obviously change um it's gonna be interesting actually let's speaking of wide receivers uh andy we'll go back we'll get back on order uh <laughs> sorry Chuck, that was on me but let's get back here uh andy reed talking about uh, he was asked about Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. I believe two of the four wide receivers that are under contract yeah. for the Chiefs beyond this year, the two young guys, uh, Sky and Tony. Here's what Coach Reed had to say when asked about them earlier today at the combine. Yeah, yeah, I think both of them, uh, Sky and KT, will, um, will will probably have bigger roles. Uh, you know, um, as they they come in, they'll be more familiar with the offense mainly, and. Um, and so you can utilize them in different ways. Both of them are very talented. Uh, really like their attitude towards the game, and um, you know, we'll just see. We'll see how that goes uh, once we get to camp and and the OTAs. See how it goes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so again, very combine like answer. Gotta yeah. gotta love it, but. To be fair, they probably are. don't know anything, right? Like it's just been like, oh, no, he needs to project numbers and touchdowns and receptions, <laughs> and he's you know, these answers two weeks after the parade. Yeah, I, I not quite two weeks. Right. I mean, that's how close, the, how quick the turnaround has been. So, I mean, for him to be asked a question about like, oh yeah, what is this guy going to do next year? I can't imagine the gear shift that has to happen. Of, which I'm sure he's already began the shift to next year, but like just the. All right, you're at the combine, but you just won the Super Bowl. Mentally, for anyone, yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a tough shift there. Um, I yeah. I do think there's something to be said, and it, it's not something you need to hear from Andy Reid, but you just understand the process of a player like Sky Moore. Yeah, last year at this time, Sky Moore is obviously you know here doing like the draft stuff, but he's spending all of his time preparing for a combine he's preparing for a top 30 visit he's preparing to go do these interviews and meet with these teams he's not preparing his body to play a football season he's preparing his body to test as well as he can at the 40-yard dash and all these different things and and getting these you know his pro day and getting with his quarterback and making sure they're in rhythm and all these things to make them look good to improve their stock it's become this entire industry of performing the best for all of these scouts and all of these, you know, numbers that are going to compare them and put on NFL network and all that stuff matters now, but they're spending all this time, not trying to get ready for a football season, let alone knowing the offense, your playbook, getting comfortable with it, having film, you can go back and watch having teammates that you can lean on during the off season. If you want to get some work done, Uh, there's so many more things 
this offseason that Sky Moore is going to be able to work on or understand to be that much more ready to go. So when you talk about a player going into his second year, it's not just because of where he was drafted or what we saw from him on the field. It's the guys that didn't even get on the field a whole lot. They All of those rookies are going to have an entire offseason where they're preparing to play a football season, not preparing to try to exercise really well, to have really good numbers. Sorry, that's what it is. Yeah. To exercise really well, to then get drafted to play on a football team. And then Kadarius Tony. Obviously, he didn't have any kind of offseason. He got thrown in the mix in the middle. A lot of package plays, a lot of the, I would say, easier plays, but had a very core group of packages and plays that he could go out there and run. And now he's going to have an entire offseason to get more into the mix and be a bigger part of what they do just from sheer having time to study it. Yeah, and I want to bring up this comment here from uh, Chris Style, too. Lots of good wide receivers in this draft. Incredibly true. Lots of good wide receivers in this draft. You talked about the some wide receivers that are in this draft with Pat Miller on the draft show. I believe that was, what, a week ago? Zay Flowers. He's good. Big fan. He's good. Big fan of Zay Flowers. Also, there tomorrow, tomorrow morning, actually, there will be a podcast out about wide receivers in this NFL draft with Eric Galco, Matt Lane, Ken Swanson. That draft show will be out on Wednesday morning, wherever you listen to your podcast, and also here on this YouTube channel. So make sure you drop a like. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you like what we're doing here. And, and talking about some combine, we got not only uh, some other some more great content from the combine, but draft content in general. We got it all covered. We'll have some features coming out too as the as the week moves on. So lots of stuff here. Chris Style, sign me up for Zay Flowers, man. Dude's fun. Check out that interview. Check, check out those out. highlights. I'll drop Dude, the link in the chat. Dude's not big. He's probably about the size of McColl. I don't know if he has the the long speed. Of McCool. Well, he added like he's, 13 pounds of muscle, is what they're reporting. But he can go up, make contested catches. His change of direction and route running uh, stands out when you watch it. You're like, that translates. You don't, you yeah. have to be able to create separation at the NFL. And any player that rounds off routes isn't sudden in and out of movements. I'm just out on now. Like, we've, <laughs> I've been watching this for too long to see those. It's always the bigger receivers like, oh, he's big. He's physical, like doesn't have to get it. It doesn't matter when you're going up against these DBs that are as athletic. They can mirror you. Uh, you've got to be able to create even four inches of separation uh, for Mahomes to be able to place the ball. And Zay Flowers can do that. I haven't spent a lot of time watching the other guys. You don't have anything to compare them to. Uh, but some of the over the years, some of those bigger body receivers, we get all these high point catches and you watch their routes and it's just the same speed. They're not, mm -hmm. they may create separation at the college level, but you get to the NFL, those guys will get eaten up in those one-on-one -on -one drills at training camp and you got to be able to create that separation and Zay Flowers can do that. Oh, show. Lots of good wide receivers in this draft. Um, exciting. Just, uh, just an exciting time of the year when it comes to the potential of the, the weapons that you could get for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Always, uh, I think I had a conversation with somebody. It's always, you always want to treat the draft uh, like Christmas for your kid because you want to give Patrick Mahomes a new toy every year. Um, so I think that that's a, it's a good little thought process to go into. And, and obviously guys like A.T. Perry, he's been – his conversation, his his the his stock has risen as the senior bull or from the Shrine Bowl on to now at the Combine. They expect him to test really well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there's some there's some guys in there, not even only at the top, but but in the middle rounds too, that are that are very solid. Yeah, and we should break a little bit of news here, um, because well, Andy Reid broke a little bit of news <laughs> on accident. Today. I feel yeah. like so. Let's. I shouldn't have said that. People got, got excited. Like, what news are they going to break? No, Andy Reid talked about this earlier. Really juicy stuff. Uh, but let's play the clip and then uh, we'll react to it.
My computer's frozen. All right. Can't play it right now. Sorry. I will play this video. There you go. Here's Andy Reid talking about the quarterback coaching position. Yeah, so Dave would be, um, yeah, I'll announce, end up announcing that here. Uh, well, I guess I'm doing it right here, Herbie. So, yeah, David will work into that. Again, I went through an interview process there. So it's uh, um, uh, Bush Hamden from Boise State was one of the guys I talked to. Again, he's at the college level. He had been with the Falcons at the college level, but, um, you know, college football, uh, is in good hands with him. So Boise State, I'm happy for them. But, um, you know, so, but he, he's the, the natural fit in there, and that's, that's what he'll be doing. Yeah, yeah so David Girardi, uh, who was, let me make sure I get his title correct before, uh, was the past game analyst and assistant quarterbacks coach. Uh, he will be moving up as Matt Nagy is now the offensive coordinator. Not a surprise there. Uh, but Andy Reid basically announcing uh, earlier today here at the Combine that Dave Girardi got promoted to quarterbacks coach. That's the first that was mentioned of it. And it, <laughs> Herbie Tiope might have put him in a little, he might have, <laughs> might have strong-armed him into mentioning it because they did talk about Eric Bieniemy taking another job, obviously with the commanders getting that uh, title increase and in the uh, assistant head coach, associate head coach. Um, and then they also promoted Matt Nagy. So, okay, that leaves a vacancy there. And I know there were a lot of names talked about. Pep Hamilton was one of them. Um, Marcus some, Brady. Marcus Brady, another guy that two very uh, high-profile names that the Chiefs yeah. could have brought in, but they decided to stick with uh, the guy who was the assistant quarterback's coach, passing game coordinator, natural transition up. And, uh, yeah, I, to, it, good to have a little bit of news to talk about, I kind of sure. kind of say, but uh, it's nothing that's going to be earth-shattering. I think it might have been – Maybe a little bit more more uh, more relevant to talk about if it was a guy like Marcus Brady or Pep Hamilton. You think, it, oh, see one of those guys taken uh, with Patrick Mahomes. But I'm excited yeah. to see what what uh, what they can do with with Girardi. Curious how much like input Patrick Mahomes has on his quarterback. I'm sure at this point. I'm sure he does have a decent a decent amount of push, decent amount of pull. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a. Uh, Good that we got a little bit of information out of uh, Andy Reid. Didn't seem like he wanted to give that up, though. Yeah. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. One of my favorite quote, um, I think, from media availability today, and again, not earth-shattering, not anything that you wouldn't expect him to say, but still has a chance to come out there. And Andy Reid was asked about Eric Bieniemy um, being hired as the assistant head coach. So he did get a promotion. I know some people say it's a lateral move. Uh, the way it works, got the assistant head coach title. So he's going, I don't know if his money has been reported, but it's going to be more money, um, obviously more responsibility, but Andy Reid talking about Eric Bieniemy, uh getting that opportunity in Washington. Here's what coach Reed had to say. Yeah. So I'm so happy for EB to have a, 
a chance to put his name on an offense, and this is his now. You know, he's he's working for Ron Rivera, who's a dear friend, and um, uh, and a def you know more of a defensive head coach than offensive head coach. So this allows EB to do his thing, and and uh, I'm happy for him. I you know I wish and I'm, I'm wishing him luck with that. I'm also wishing him luck going forward. You know, I obviously we're trying to get him to become a head coach. It didn't work out that way, uh, but it, that's not, you know, it's not over yet. So uh, I think he's going to do do a heck of a job here and really uh, be able to show his personality within the, within the offense. Phenomenal. Again, appreciate everybody for hanging out. We see the numbers starting to come up with people hanging out on YouTube. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, the engagement will bring more people in and answer more questions. If you guys have any questions, thoughts, players you're excited to see how they perform here in Indy, people you want us talking to. There's everyone that covers the NFL, it seems yeah. like, is in Indy right now. If there's anybody in particular you want us to interview or hang out with on Radio Row, we'll be out here for the next three days gathering interviews with both players and national media. So uh, if there's anybody in particular, hit us up in that comment section. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. But we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Uh, the thing that I think is the biggest, most telling part of Washington is that we know it's been made very clear that this next season, any success that Washington football team, Washington commanders have on offense is going to be a direct reflection of Eric Bieniemy's leadership and what he's able to do for, yep. for good or for bad. We know it's on EB that he's handed. It seems like within Kansas city, things are good. It's Andy Reid. Things are bad. Oh, we showed, you know, a clip of, you know, Eric Bieniemy on the sideline looking like he was calling plays. So maybe Eric Bieniemy was calling plays right. and that's the reason yeah. that they weren't good for whatever game. So, uh, if nothing else, we get some clarity on what he's doing. It's uh -huh. a lot of pressure on EB, probably not fair. But at least if they go out and have some level of success or improvement, you're going to know that that's directly because of EB because it's made very clear. And also what I think is really good, too, and something that I had known but not really put together, right, if that makes sense, about the whole Ron Rivera connection there with uh, with Andy Reid and and now having the enemy go there and now. And having a, a head coach that is defensive minded to have Eric Bienemy step into that offensive role is going to be uh gonna be good for him. I wish he didn't have to go somewhere else to prove that he's uh he's a good coordinator, that he's good at running an offense, yeah. but uh this just uh just a situation that it that it's ended up having to be. Um but yeah, uh I'm excited to see what Eric Bienemy does in, in Washington. If he can turn uh what that what that uh that, that offense is right now. Uh, if he can turn them into uh, any sort of production uh, out of that, I think they're looking at like Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. No knock to Taylor Heineke. I like Taylor Heineke, but yeah. they just got Carson Wentz today. They've got some. Uh, they've got. They've got some uh, issues going on on the offensive side of the ball. So curious to see how 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 Eric Kennedy does with that. Can't relate. Such a beautiful thing. I was talking with uh, a guy who covers the Broncos. Uh, ben Albright and Vinny, who covers the Raiders, and they yeah. were talking about quarterback situation and Aaron Rodgers, where's everybody's going to go and all these moves. And they were talking about their teams that they cover and what's going on. Because obviously, Russell Wilson's got Sean Payton now. And how many years is Sean Payton wanting to attach his name and success to what goes on in Denver yeah. uh, with Russell Wilson? How many years does he get one year and then see how it goes? And if not, they move on, give him a chance to bring in his guy uh, to come in, knowing that Sean Payton's getting paid a lot of money to come in and win oh, football wow. games. Uh, and the same thing, what's going on in 
you know, Las Vegas. You know, Derek Carr, we know, is not going to be the quarterback. It's reported that he's going to run around. Uh, Indy, an interview with different teams. If we see him running around, we're going to try to get Derek get Carr uh, to sit down and do an interview because that would actually be fun. Like, yeah. that would be legit fun uh, to sit down and talk to a player who can say whatever he wants at this point. He can. The rivalry and, and whatever's going on. So, if we see Derek Carr, we will ask him uh, to come and sit down with us. But, um, you know, they looked at me when they're talking about their quarterback situation. They're like, fuck this guy. And I'm just like, yeah, we don't, <laughs> yeah. Have, we don't have to worry about it. Uh, we're set there for a little while. So, it's maybe <sighs> taking a guy in the late rounds. Make sure you check out that interview I did with Matt Miller. Yeah. Uh, we sat down with three of the quarterbacks from the East West Shrine Bowl. And, you know, guys, if the Chiefs do add a player, it's going to be somebody late uh, in the draft. It could be a UDFA to, to join Shane Bouchelle. Uh, shout out to everybody on social media that told me I've been pronouncing his name incorrectly. Uh, so shout out Shane Bouchel. Bouchel. Uh, and then Chris Alitican butchered that one. And now let yeah, me know I if I had to pronounce that one correctly, but I'm you know, whether it's Shane Bouchel, somebody else that comes in and they fight for that backup quarterback position. Um, it's going to be something. Yeah. And I, there's a comment uh, over here from uh, Katie Hawk about insight into the backup quarterback situation. Obviously nothing now. Uh, the Chiefs could pick up. I would not be shocked at all if it comes out that the Chiefs uh, UDFA pick up a UDFA from uh, this draft class and and bring in a quarterback for a camp and see someone work through like uh, like Shane Bouchelle did and he was on the practice squad and, and yep. I, I know that him and uh, Patrick Mahomes are really close uh, Shane and, and Pat so yep. uh, some good stuff there. Another one from uh, Stephen Beal. He said, "Do you think the wide receiver market will price out the Chiefs with more Kirk like deals?" I don't think that they are. I, I think if they want to compete in the wide receiver market, they have to. I don't, don't think it's going to price them out. Right. I, they is, don't. Right. That's a good. Yes. It, you you have to pay what the market dictates you pay, yeah. and it's great for the players that become free agents at the right time. Where most players, fans would say, are either overpaid, and nobody ever complains about the fan, the players who are underpaid. Right. Right. Uh, the guys on rookie deals right now that aren't getting paid, the Trey Smiths of the world, um, who are outperforming their current contract. So. Uh, obviously you need the puzzle to fit together. You can't have all guys that, you know, are on second deals. You can't have all guys, um, on rookie deals and continue to just try to get the bargain bin and free agency and then <laughs> mm -hmm. draft really well. Uh, it's just not feasible. And for the wide receiver market, and we've been talking about this a lot, whether the chiefs trade for, you know, talk about guys like Brandon cooks or Deandre Hopkins being a popular name. Um, yes, you have to pay those guys a lot of money, but again, to go over it, the chiefs wide receivers under contract, Beyond this season are Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. And for those that are going to be in the comment section, tell so me you, about Justin Ross. Justin Ross. Justin Ross can be into that mix. But McCole Hardman is a free agent. Justin Watson is a free agent. And Juju Smith Schuster is a free agent. Now, can you see him bringing back Justin Watson? Can you see him bringing back Juju? Maybe McCole? Yes, but yeah. as of right now, those deals aren't done yet either. And so either way you look at it, the Chiefs have to add players at the wide receiver position. How can you do that? There's three ways. <laughs> you could draft them, sign them. I guess you could sign them as an undrafted free agent, but we just got done talking about it takes rookies a while, let yeah, alone yeah. a UDFA to step in and play right away. Um, not all Albert Wilsons. So you can sign them in free agency and we know what that that is you have to pay whatever the market dictates receivers cost and they are expensive right now yeah. and if you look at the free agent wide receiver market juju smith schuster for that reason has even more leverage to go out and get a good deal i think there's like two receivers that are more than like 800 yards receiving last year right. and juju's one of them and most of the guys are between like 500 and 650 yards your jacoby myers of the world could be a fine player but that guy's going to get 15 million dollars a year 
Braxton yeah. Berrios got seven and a half million dollars a year last year. I think people will be surprised to see what McColl yeah. gets in the free in you know free agency in the open market. So yeah. you know, there's only so many ways that you can add, and the Chiefs need to add bodies to the receiver market, and they can't just bank on drafting all of those guys because again, it takes receivers a while. At least some veterans either have a tie to Andy Reid. He can talk with their coaches. What kind of awesome offensive system were they in before? How many things that the Chiefs asked their receivers to do were asked of a free agent wide receiver that they're trying to sign. So there's a lot of variables to it. Yeah. But either way, you have to add number. Even if it's bringing back Watson and Juju, that's still news to us that we're going to have to report on this offseason. Sure. But either way, they got to add guys. They do. They're going to have to because they can't they can't play a football season with only three guys on your roster, wide receiver. They tried during one of those couple of those games where guys kept getting hurt. We saw try. what that looked like. Well, they did try. They can't play a successful season. I should say. Don't tell, um, tell Patrick Mahomes listen, what they can do, might, Tucker. They might try. They might try. But, uh, yeah, that is, I think, one of – we talked about Orlando Brown kind of being the most interesting case, the most interesting headline. But I think the wide receiver position, what they do with it is the most interesting position because yeah. they could do a lot of different things, whether it's trade for somebody, draft one, sign one. They could do all three of them. I wouldn't be surprised if they did all three of those, actually, just to kind of fill out that room because they need some bodies. But yeah. uh, The tackles will be interesting. It's not as sexy as wide be. receivers, but you it have Andrew be. Wiley, Orlando Brown Jr., um, you know, decisions that they have to make. And then Frank Clark is an interesting one. What do you do at the other edge spot? Um, I, I mean, Chris Jones is going to need a he's going to need a contract coming up here, and his cap hit is the second or third highest about 12% of the cap this year is going to be Chris Jones's contract. So do they try to extend him this year and try to restructure that and push that money down the road? Do they restructure Patrick Mahomes? There's so many different variables that go into this offseason and how they're building this roster moving forward uh, that I I think that it just causes for to pay attention to. Yeah, I and again, I don't want to trigger anyone here, but can have conversations and when the negotiations happen between Chris Jones and his camp, and I don't think anybody doesn't want Chris Jones to be back in Kansas City. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but you're also talking about having to understand both sides of a, of a new deal with Chris Jones. You're going to make him the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. I mean, those are the kind of numbers that we're talking about. And yeah. similar to the way that we talked about Tyreek Hill, and I made this comment back then, and I'm not a hypocrite to say it, is that like I understand any team wanting to fully vet out all of the different options by not jumping into making any player the highest paid player in NFL history at their respective position. You are not doing your job if you don't try to see, okay, if we don't want to pay Tyree Kill $30 million a year, we offer him something we think is fair at like whatever that number was. He thinks he can get this. Okay, what can we get in return if we do make a trade? I mm -hmm. don't think they should trade Chris Jones, but I don't think that Brett Veach shouldn't find out what that looks like if Chris is asking to be made the highest paid player, they Correct. may be into it, but it's like, Hey, what could we get here? Now that could get leaked out during a negotiation of they're just you yep. know, seeing what they could get for him. If it's the non-exclusive tag, then somebody could make an offer. You don't match it. You get two first round picks back. So there's a lot of different things that can happen and understand not to follow it based on what happens with the media and the news in the middle of negotiations. Cause things get leaked for a reason. Yes. I will repeat that all off season. Things get leaked for a reason. Yes. Uh, not out of the kindness of their hearts to these GMs and coaches and agents and everybody just provide this information about what's going on. It's always given out for a strategic reason. And again, as it comes to Chris Jones and some of these other big moves they have to make, it's 
doing your due diligence to find out which one of these two options is better. And you don't know what the option of, if we don't pay Chris, what do you get back? I'd still give him a blank check and keep him in Kansas city for his entire career, yes. but they have to figure out all sides of it. And I agree with that. And I actually brought this up with Brett Coleman when we did our off season primer about, Hey, if you start to look at Chris Jones, he's going to want a lot of money. You're kind of in the business of trying to save a little bit of money right now. Why don't you sell Chris Jones high? Get as much as you can back from him while the price is there, and you know he's going to get a lot. It's a Tyree Kill situation all if over. If you're going to trade him, now is the time to trade. His value Correct. will never be higher. He's got one year left on his deal. There's not a, a huge thing for the team that's trading for him as yes. far as cap hits and all that kind of stuff. Can't trade it. I mean, franchise tag. Then you're dealing with that built that's into so the contract. So lot, like, this yeah. is the time to do it if they're going to. Um, but you still ex- extend him at if not. You you keep that guy and you give him his money. Yes. Um, but then you get into to cash flow. If they extend Chris Jones and give him a boatload of guaranteed cash up front, and you do the same thing with Orlando Brown, it may be a situation where they can't give Juju a ton of money or whatever. Because again, right, yeah. their budgets are based on cash. That Clark Hunt tells mm-hmm. them like this: is how much cash you have to spend. The cap can be maneuvered. You can do a lot of different things with the cap. You can't right. maneuver a cap. They have budgets that they have to hit, and it's always the cash as far as what's being spent up front. And Stephen Beal did bring up, could you see the Chiefs making another surprise trade away again this year? That one has been brought up. I have brought that one up. Someone quickly pointed out on the YouTube video after I brought that up and that said that I'm the only one that's talking about trading Chris Jones. Um, no. But I, you don't do it, but you at least... You think about it. You have to think about it. You just get the other side of we hand him a blank check. If we didn't do that, or if they don't accept, they negotiate and they don't accept. It's like, okay, what could we, what's the other side of this? It's not expecting to do it. It's not wanting to do it. It's doing your job as a GM uh, of understanding what are they going to get for him. And then the other one, I think a lot of people have talked about um, maybe a lot is a loaded, loaded phrase there, but people have talked about trading with Jerry Sneedaway. You've, you've hit on three or four different um, corners now you can kind of trade him high again and see. I don't. I don't necessarily li- I'd like that one. I don't like trading away either. Of these guys. I want that on the record. I don't. I think that the Chiefs should tr- keep Lejarius Need and keep Chris Jones. But yeah. that's been a thought process out there. Of okay, if you could sell high on Lejarius Need while you can, while you've got three, four young guys on rookie deals already, you can kind of play that out and see kind of how it goes. It's uh, it, it's something that that could be could be talked about, and especially there's another guy out there that is a free agent i believe he's a free agent jalen ramsey a free agent or you no i was just looking up his, did you look me did you see me looking up his contract oh no i didn't no because i was again not wanting to not expecting to but it's the do you pay legerious need what the market dictates for a player of his caliber right now right. you have to pay him a boatload of money you would and if they want to do that awesome I'm not going to push back or say it's a bad move it's a great young player you pay him but it's like if we don't pay him and we do trade him for whatever picks they get or you trade him. I was just thinking, like, what if they just traded him straight up for Jalen Ramsey, who's got two years left on his deal? And the deal that Jalen Ramsey is on right now is going to be less than what Legarius Sneed gets. Yeah. So if you aren't wanting to pay Legarius Sneed his contract, but you're willing to take on some money, then a trade like that could make sense. Again, these are all things that these the scouts and everybody sits around and they think through these same scenarios. They have more information, obviously, mm-hmm. than we do, but they're thinking through all of these different scenarios. And that's just the GM and his staff doing their job. They talk through all of these different iterations, all of these just different ideas and figure out which one's the best for them. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next quote uh, that we've got here. And this will be a quick one. Andy Reid talking about the NFL draft coming to Kansas City. Yeah, I think it's great for Kansas City. I think it's great for the National Football League. 
um, uh, Brett Veach doesn't have to go too far. You know, it's all right there. So, um, but listen, I, I'm, I'm mainly happy for this for the city and for the for the NFL for um, for bringing it there. Great city. Great city. Great city. <laughs> Andy Reid speaking highly of Kansas City. Of the city he here, coaches in. <laughs> here at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, again, he was just answering a question that was asked. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think I've had a few people come up and that we've run into. They're just like, man, it's a great time to be a Kansas City. And really is. Some cool stuff that we've got going on. And know the World Cup's a few years away. But um, special. Win a Super Bowl, get a parade, get the draft, get to show off the city to the world. Beautiful. Really cool, really cool, and it's super cool as the as the, the Chiefs get to host it, the whole city gets to host it. Really, I shouldn't say the Chiefs. Yeah. A lot of a lot of different moving parts that go into it. A lot of different people that get the Kathy Nelson. <laughs> she's, she's got a she got a lot of a lot of hands in that pot there, but uh, it's super cool. We're really excited for it, obviously. But to uh, to be the home team's got to be really cool. You don't really got to go very far. You could just uh, go to your home facility and do all that stuff, which. Probably would anyway, but especially now with the, with the technology. But um, yeah, but yeah, well, super excited. We just announce it now where we're gonna be. We still have some details to figure out, but we. Yeah. It's up to you. Casey Sports Network will be at a spot inside Power and Light for the NFL Draft, doing all of our live shows. Last year we were at the Kingdom Bar and Grill, which unfortunately is not uh, currently open. Uh, right now, doing an unexpected uh, passing away of the owner. We've talked about that on KC Sports Network before. Uh, but we will be at Power and Light, uh, Kansas City Live, um, for the NFL Draft for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just like we did last yeah. year. Uh, Kent Swanson, Craig Stout, Maddie Lane uh, leading our draft coverage, just like they've been doing all offseason. Uh, for Maddie, most of the college football <laughs> season, too, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but we talked about the draft guide earlier. Make sure you go into the, the description of this show. You can find the link to the draft guide. Uh, you get, um, you know, three months or six months of um, KCSN Substack uh, as well for for buying that draft guide. It's the best information you'll be able to find, not only on these prospects uh, from guys that are doing the work and watching the film and coming up with their own takes and not kind of regurgitating others, uh, that we see how much effort and how much time yeah. uh, those guys put into the draft guide. They do a phenomenal job. Couldn't recommend it anymore. Um uh, to any Chiefs fan that is out there, any football fan uh, that is out there. But, um, but yeah, we will be at Power and Light. If you're coming to Kansas City, if you're in the Kansas City area, you want to come hang out with us, um, we'll be at Power and Light with the specific bar and location and more information coming out at a later date. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a time. It's going to be a good time. time. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited to be down there. Uh, just kind of Power and Light's kind of like the heartbeat of downtown. And so to be uh, be down there is going to be uh, going to be really special. Super you, excited. Union Station is going to be lit. It will be. It will be. They got a lot yeah. of stuff there, but uh, Power and Light also going to be very full. And we will have activations. We'll have contests. We'll have giveaways. Uh, we've got a partner that sponsored all of our draft content that will start here in a few weeks. Won't bring that up quite yet. Um, what day is today? A lot of cool yeah. stuff. Again, appreciate if you're watching this on a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> without a lot of news going on. You are a diehard fan. Yeah, we know. appreciate you. Hit that like and subscribe uh, button and turn notifications on because we'll be going live uh, a few times down here uh, while we're in Indy. Actually, it's over here, kind of up, up and over. Over. A little bit. It's over, yeah. It's a little bit further north in Kansas City. Yeah. I, th I think. I mean, we just took I-70 straight east, right? Pretty much the whole trip. Yeah, hit a lot of potholes. Well, 
That's a whole different. We're going to do a whole podcast on Missouri roads. Yeah. It's tough. All right. Let's go. Let's go to the last comment. Uh, Best answer that we got. uh, Best question that was asked of Andy Reid during his presser availability. This last one, Andy Reid talking about the combine. It's your first opportunity to visit with these guys, which I think is good. People say, well, the, the answers are canned. Well, they're not. It depends on what you're asking them. There's, you know, the, and how you maneuver around that and, and present to them. But you get a little taste of, of what they're about. It's the first, for the coaches, it's the first opportunity to meet with them. And, and then it goes from there, whether it's the 30 visits, watching more tape, all that, you know. That's, uh, that's kind of what, what this is good for. Good right. seeing you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, good. Coach. All right. Look at that. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. Old Andy hit you with that. He did. That was my question. That's why I was joking before. That was the greatest, the best question asked. Uh, it's good to see you. That's the first time I've talked to Andy Reid since I no longer worked at the Chiefs. Yeah. Two years. Ish. I don't know. Two seasons, should say. Two seasons. So, yeah. It was good to see um, see Coach. Got the chance to talk to him after his presser for just mm-hmm. a second when he was walking around. He's, in high demand. Busy uh, man. Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> championship coach Busy that guy. always does fun interviews. Um, yeah. Well, you can go. You, I, I've done this. I did this for six years. I came up to the combine the first few years, asking a lot of football related questions, and then quickly learned um, that it, it's just not a time that everybody's got a lot of takes or a lot of information is going right. to come out just that time of the year. Uh, but you can get him going on other stuff. You're talking about the stakes here, but obviously about cheeseburgers, all that. Then your personality comes out. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. But uh, but yeah, it was good to see him. Good to talk to Brett uh, for just a few minutes, and yeah. and yeah, Chiefs PR staff saw a whole bunch of people here. All the beat writers, oh yeah, all the good people who cover this team. Chiefs fans are very lucky. Uh, I know all you know everybody who covers the NFL is up here, but I had a chance to see Nate Taylor, Matt Derrick, Matt Derrick yeah. um, Sam McDowell, and Jesse met, met Jesse Newell uh, with Kansas City Star, and mm-hmm. those guys are up here grinding. Steve Walls up here as well. Yeah. So um, Matt Verderam saw him just a little bit. Now I feel like I'm going to leave somebody out that we didn't mention. We did see a lot of people. A lot we of people covered the Chiefs a lot here. Of people. Yeah. Uh, what I would like to make a mention of, uh, we all know that Andy Reid loves his Air Force Ones, but what mm. I noticed about the Air Force Ones he was wearing today, the collab was Supreme. Uh, so Supreme Air Force Ones, which uh, let me check the old StockX right now because I don't think that they are the uh, the cheapest pair of Air Force Ones that you're going to get. I tweeted this out. I tweeted out the picture of him wearing the Supreme Air Force Ones. Um so, I'm the wrong person to talk about. I know nothing about what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Supreme is a streetwear brand. If you're not aware, uh, not aware. kids love it. Okay. Um, kids love it. I'm looking it up right now. Supreme air force ones feeling like an old only going for about 148 right now. But at one point they were, you're looking at thousands of dollars for these shoes. Thousands of dollars. Yes. Um, uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, Gives Andy some street cred with those on. So I uh, tweeted out a picture of those, um, and, I, and I noticed it when he was on set with uh, for the NFL Network. I looked over, and he was sitting in the in the chair, and his shoes were right there. And I was like, oh, hmm. also, some big shoes. Yeah, I bet. Some big shoes. All right. Got a question here from Stephen Beal again. Those are all. Those are the ten clips and segments that we had from media availability. Again, we'll have more shows. Have sit down interviews uh, with national media guys like James Palmer. I had a chance to talk with him. Cynthia, Cynthia Freeland uh, from NFL Network is going to join us tomorrow. Yeah. Um, even talk with former Chiefs GM Scott Pioli. 
was hanging out and had a chance to, to talk Great with him guy. quite a bit at the East West Shrine Bowl and um, even covering the Chiefs and even covering him when he was there. Didn't have a chance to talk with him. Uh, so I talked to him for like 20 minutes. And it was a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, very open about his time in Kansas City. And, um, you know, I there's always more to the story, uh, is what I'll say. And I can share other people's news. But uh, phenomenal guy. Uh, everybody speaks very highly of him that I've ever known. Has only said positive things about Scott Pioli. Um, obviously didn't have a lot of success in Kansas City the way that he wanted. Um, but... Uh, We'll see about that. But a lot of other guys that uh, that we might have a chance to sit down with working through all that right now. But um, the comment from Stephen Beal, uh, Tucker, let's get your thoughts first. Dream free agency, uh, resign and pickups. Yeah, I I do think I think the Chiefs need to add a wide receiver, whether that's uh, I I do think they need to add an out of house wide receiver, whether that is a Brandon Cooks that uh, Brett Coleman talked about, which is an interesting possibility. DeAndre Hopkins, a guy that was thrown out there, a big name wide receiver or a guy that can kind of shoulder some of the load. So you're not having to put a lot of pressure on Sky Moore, on Kadarius Toney, on a rookie if you do bring in a rookie. I think that's going to be kind of key uh, for this offseason is if they can take some pressure off of Sky Moore, take some pressure off of Kadarius Toney, let those guys ease into it just a little bit more, a little bit longer, um, and make plays when they are put in the right positions to make plays, right? You talk about those two touchdowns in the Super Bowl with those guys. They're put in the right positions to make those plays. If they're forced to have to do a whole lot of other stuff, who knows if those plays get made. But uh, I want to see that happen. I think that Orlando Brown Jr., you want to franchise tag him just because I don't know who else you're going to add at the left tackle position um, because he's the top tackle on the market. Andrew Wiley is not going to demand as much money as Orlando Brown Jr. is. So I'm not opposed to to bringing him back either. But then once you start to do that, Starting to run out of money a little bit. Um, then I think you gotta. I think you gotta look at a re, a re uh, re-signing Chris Jones, restructuring that deal, kind of pushing some money back a little bit. Because Brett Veach even mentioned this too. He Brett Veach even said, "Hey, the cap's gonna boom. Like it, yeah. people are still anticipating the cap to go up even more than it already has been." Um, but I, I think if you do that, kind of push that push that ahead and, and look for that on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I think that's going to be the big thing is uh, this has been a conversation I've had with Kent, with Maddie, with Craig. The idea I think uh, for the off season is free agency. You you want to spend that on offense and yeah. the draft. You want to draft for defense. That's kind of the idea, the, the approach that, that we're kind of we're thinking of. Yeah. It becomes a money thing. I, I agree with everything you said. I see wide receiver makes all the sense in the world. We get excited. I know we tweeted the other day about Deandre Hopkins how much money do they have left after Chris Jones yeah. and Orlando Brown? Even with the Orlando Brown, you have to, you know, that franchise tag comes to cap it. Like that's a <laughs> yeah. chunk of money. Is, uh, yeah. You can't move it around when it's just the one year on the franchise tag. So I think it said 19 million goes right to uh, the cap hit. So those make sense. I, I, I mean, I'm obviously very biased and I'm, I'm like this around all the guys. And so it'll make my life a little bit easier in this very selfish way uh, once they're gone. But you know, my ideal off season for the, for the chiefs trust Brett Veach and those guys, they've, they've earned the the equity to, to make their moves and not necessarily question them. Not that we can't discuss them and say how we feel about them. But at the end of the day, these guys have earned the right to, to get the benefit of the doubt with the moves they make. For sure. I would like to see them bring Frank Clark back yeah. if possible, just because we, 
we saw it. I'm, I'm so glad that, that Frank was open and spoke to the media about his relationship with Coach Reed. And people saw that side of Frank. That I had multiple conversations with Frank Clark, very similar to the, the openness that we saw at the end of the year. I don't know what it was. We just hit it off, and we were genuine with each other, and it was always deep and cool. And that's the reason that I'm rooting for the guy. Like mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him. Same thing with, with Colin Saunders and Juan Thornhill and McCole Hardman. I want all these guys to get paid. So dream offseason for me is for all the guys that I know and I'm rooting for to get paid. I don't care if it's in Kansas City. It would be great. Then go win another Super Bowl. They can be a part of that. But if not, at worst, go get paid somewhere else. Go get some money. Take care of your family. Um, These guys put so much time and effort into it their entire lives to set themselves up and their their great their kids and their great grandkids if they're good with the money and all of that to to be able to you know change the you know financial situation and implications for their family and their extended family for years and generations. Uh, by being healthy and being a free agent at the right time. And when that happens, you want to see those guys get taken care of. And so I ultimately hope that's what ends up happening. I hope they bring Frank back. I think he was good for the young guys. Um, don't think he'd be yeah. too expensive. Uh, you got to give him a fair deal uh, compared to the market. But I just don't know how much money that they're going to have left. So once he age yeah. Wiley get paid. Um, and yeah, the big one, Juju. I would love to see Juju back. Thought he fit in great. He knows the offense. Um, made some big plays, and he was exactly who we needed him to be, obviously, for the Chiefs to go on a Super Bowl, and yeah. he, he made big plays at different times that they needed him to step up. 100%. Yeah, I think uh, the defense side of the ball, I think, might be the most interesting um, because based on with who they have as rookies, who they have as already money on the books, how they navigate that, um, I would love to see Frank Clark back. Um but I, I've seen, I think Steven also mentioned this about trading Frank Clark. I don't know if there'll be a lot of potential trade suitors for Frank Clark, yeah. um, especially with the way his contract looks these last two years. So it's probably going to be a situation where they're either going to re- rework a deal or they just straight up cut him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see his his situation all lined out. But yeah, that's a... Uh, Almost here, the the uh, league new year just um, just about here. We're um, nearing the first day of March as we record this here, as we are live from Indianapolis. Yeah, I expect there to be some juicy movement on some things over the next few days. Make sure to turn on those notifications for oh, yeah. Rappaport and Pelissero and Garofalo and Schefter. Listen, and they're all walking around here. They're all on their phones the whole time. I saw Ian Rappaport holding a phone in his hand and holding a phone to his ear. And walking around GM agent. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> either texting what he's just hearing to somebody and asked Ken trying to confirm it, but these dudes are working. Uh, try to stay out of the way. We've seen a lot of guys just walk through. Michael Vrabel's been around. Yeah. Uh, I just name dropping, but there's a lot of dudes. James Palmer just came around. He's talking to us. Trevor Sikama is right next to us. A pro Trevor's football right focus. There. Just hanging out. He's not I'm not saying it either. loud enough or he is very intently reading whatever text message. Got some breaking news over at PFF or whatever's going on, but yeah, the athletic Robert Mays was hanging out uh, around here, so a lot of cool stuff. Should be a fun week. Uh, I'll be doing content from here at Radio Row, and then also um, to do a live show. Um, make sure to turn those notifications on YouTube live show sometime uh, in the evening, evening over the next time. three days, starting tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. We'll be going live from a an establishment that will promote it another t- at a later date which yes. will be like tomorrow right promote this but we will have live shows uh wednesday thursday and friday at kcsn uh so make sure if you're watching on youtube to hit that like and subscribe turn notifications on we'll have special guests hanging out with us over there that should be fun um a lot of cool stuff coming 
Very much so. Very yeah. excited. Appreciate Very excited. all of you for hanging out. Appreciate everybody that was hanging out with us in the chat room. Please, uh, again, say it again. Hit that like and subscribe, and uh, we'll have more for you from the Combine here in Indianapolis. For Tucker Franklin, I'm BJ Kissel. Appreciate all of you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.